Hey, welcome back to Pigeon Hockey, where I don't claim to be a hockey expert, but simply an overzealous hockey fan that loves to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. I'm your host, Chris, and today's special guest is the play-by-play announcer for the NHL's Austin Bruins, Jared Becker. Jared, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me back on, Chris. Always a pleasure. Ah, thanks for jumping back on. The uh, The NHL season has officially wrapped up. Uh, last time you and I talked, we knew who were, were heading off to, to Minnesota to compete as the final four teams. It is all said and done now. We have a champion crowned, but maybe let's talk about how they got there. So let's just start off with that New Jersey Titans and New Mexico Ice Wolf series. Not the outcome I was expecting. I thought it was, I, I figured that series uh, would be a tough one. I didn't think it would be as tough as it was. Uh, ultimately, New Jersey doing well. Uh, they dropped game one Friday night on the uh, on May 20th, by the final of 3-1. Ultimately had a good game there. The lone goal came from Ryan Coughlin. Andrew Takis had himself a good night between the pipes as well. Yeah, he did. Um, but ultimately wise, game one came to uh, New Mexico. But then game two, a little bit of a different outcome. That one went to overtime, 3-2 win for the Titans. That one was not too bad. Tommy Bannister had uh, two goals himself. Lane Christessis. My apologies if I'm pronouncing your name wrong out there, young man. Yeah, you had a great game. Ultimately came and got that overtime winner, 16-10 into the overtime period. So then that forced the all-decided game three, which, of course, wouldn't be anything less than an overtime game. (laughs) Double overtime and Ryan Coughlin, the game winner, 12-55 into the second OT, moving New Jersey on to the Robertson Cup Finals. It was an epic battle. I mean, it was a really good series. I don't think, again, for me, it wasn't the outcome I was expecting. I thought New Mexico, I figured it'd be a three-game series. I just expected New Mexico to come out on top. They just couldn't find an answer for Andrew Takis, though. I mean, he was just playing lights out hockey. And seriously, I think if you look back at that game three, I think I mentioned it on a podcast. We were just on with the Northeast Generals head coach, Brian Erickson, and I brought it up on that episode, and that save that Takis made, uh, I want to say halfway through the third period or whatever it was, uh, where he was left all alone after a defensive breakdown, and he just comes away with just highway robbery. If he hadn't have done that, this could have easily been New Mexico series to just take away. I went up on Saturday to watch the games, and the first two periods, it easily could have been a 3-1 or a 4-1 lead for New Mexico if it wasn't for Takis and the help from the pipes as well. Uh, I mean, New Jersey-wise, they had a couple of uh, big defensive zone breakdowns. Uh, you, we saw there a couple of times, especially on the, the overtime game um, on game three, which ultimately uh, kept the game alive there because that breakout would have sealed the deal. But uh, the game I saw there on Saturday night, uh, a couple of big shots for, for New Mexico. The Ice Wolves had the number. They had their where they needed to be. Just Takis was on his game and, like we said uh, multiple times before on this podcast, and any um, hockey analyst, anyone who's involved in the sport will tell you, you got to have a hot goalie and if you want to win a championship. And that's exactly what uh, what Andrew Takis did and was. No. Yeah, 100%. I mean, he was just lights at hockey. It was really an awesome series. That'll actually lead us into the uh, next series here. The next series was the Anchorage Wolverines and the St. Cloud Norsemen. Go for it. What did you think of the series? Uh, pretty much what I thought. I thought the series would have gone longer, however. Uh, Anchorage-wise, game one on Friday night, a 2-1 victory. Um, Blake Pervix with the lone score, a goal score for the St. Cloud Norseman. Um, so, I mean, he had himself a pretty solid game, a good leader on that front end for uh, for the Norseman. 
Uh, Tomas Bolo did a very good job making that game go into an overtime period. Uh, ultimately, Anchorage came away with that one with a 2-1 uh, win. Rayford Robbins uh, had himself a great game one, um, had himself a great playoff, and ultimately helped lead his team to that game one win on May 20th, that first, uh, first game for the Anchorage Wolverines. And then on Saturday, a little bit different outcome than uh, what the Norsemen oh, yeah. were looking for, a 6-2 final uh, for the Norsemen. A couple of uh, empty netters sealed the deal there for Anchorage uh, that ultimately moved themselves into the Robertson Cup final. Uh, first time uh, for the expansion franchise. Um, and, I mean, they, they did well. Roberts did very well. Uh, and he had himself a solid uh, series there against St. Cloud. But then that kind of leads us into where we stand going into the uh, Robertson Cup final. But ultimately-wise... Anchorage kind of thought they were going to be the ones to come out of that uh, that side of the bracket. I wasn't necessarily surprised by Anchorage coming out. I know uh, the last episode you were very hesitant to call a, a winner in that series. I assumed it would be Anchorage, and I was correct, whereas in the other series I assumed it would be New Mexico, uh, and I was incorrect. So it's just how it unfolded. And, yeah, that first game was really, really tight. The second game, like I said, the score is deceiving. Uh, they had to pull the goalie and, and try whatever they could. But, uh, again, there was there was just no um, getting past uh, Rathan Robbins uh, when he hunkered down. So, Robertson Cup, one game, winner takes all, Anchorage versus New Jersey. But let's let's tell the listeners how it unfolded if they didn't watch. Uh, the Wolverines uh, ran into an absolute brick wall they, uh, called Andrew Takis. 3 yes. nothing shutout. New Jersey came away. Uh, first time ever the Eastern Division in the North American Hockey League has won a Robertson Cup title. So congratulations to the Titans, um, especially uh, the Eastern Division as well. It's a nice uh, nice little thing for them on a, on a tough division. A uh, division a lot of people kind of sleep on. Uh, a lot of people didn't expect the, the champion to come out of the East. Uh, Brandon Dumas, uh, Nick Ring, and Anthony Califori were the three goal scorers there for uh, the Titans, and the Red Buckets ultimately came away with that Robertson Cup title. Uh, but ultimately, looking at the uh, the breakdown of that game, when you look at the stats, I mean, there was a couple of good chances for Anchorage. Uh, even though they didn't get anything on the board, they had a lot of shots. They had a lot of chances. 31 total shots, so a 31 save performance uh, for Takis. Uh, he had himself a great shutout there. Uh, Robbins didn't do bad himself, saw 40 shots, made 37 saves. So, I mean, he did what he needed to do. Uh, it was a scoreless first period. And the ultimately-wise, the, the whistles were put away, too. There was no penalties assessed yeah. until 534 into the third period. Uh, that was a holding minor assessed to Nick Ring. But ultimately, there, there should have been a few co- put away. Yeah, there should have been a couple. It was a little <laughs> rough. It was a little yeah. rough. I can yeah. tell you that. Um Especially in the New Mexico series, it started to get very uh, physical at times, and there probably should have been a little bit more calls than there should have. But for the outside looking in, you, you got to let them kind of uh, police the game as best they can. Yeah, yeah, and I get that. I mean, and I didn't mean to cut you off there, but I, I understand let the boys play. I understand that happens in every level when it comes to playoff series all the way up through the NHL, but there were some blatant missed calls on both sides, of course, but there were some blatant missed calls where like, okay, you got to call that. That was, if that was called, that goal may or may not have happened type of scenarios where like, you got to make, like, I understand maybe not some of the minor hooking stuff, some of the stuff that isn't that dramatic, but when it directly impacts the play, 
you got to make that call. I understand let the boys play, but you got to make the call when it's a direct impact on the play. And then when that that play leads to a goal, uh, that's a big deal. But like I said, they got to police it the way they see best. Um, That's my own personal critique. But ultimately, yeah, New Jersey just Man, they came in and just shut down Anchorage and, of course, again, on the on the performance of Andrew Takis there. But there was a gorgeous goal. I will say in that national championship game, beautiful goal where Nick Ring just kind of stole it, came in, cut across and just outweighted Robbins and then buried it from that weird angle. That was a hey, that made one of my top 75 goals of the year, which uh, listeners can check. It was a couple days ago. Gorgeous, gorgeous goal. Yeah, it was set up perfectly. Uh, Tommy Bannister read what he needed to do, and he moved the puck right to Nick Rink, who was wide open. Uh, and he waited it out just for the right amount of time to pull Wraith and Robbins out of his uh, out of his crease, pull him away from where he wanted to, just sniped it home. I mean, ultimately a beautiful shot. Easily a uh, top play for the league as well. And like you mentioned, it's part of your top 75 uh, on the season. So, I mean, uh, Ring himself a, a rather good player. It's only a sixth goal of the playoffs, but Ring himself had a good solid year. Um, the Bruins actually played the New Jersey Titans earlier in the year. They started the season with them up at the, the showcase in Blaine. Um, and Bruins ultimately came away with that game, actually. That was a, a win for the black and gold. And it was essentially the same exact team that we saw at the showcase that was back up in Blaine. So not a lot of changes for head coach Craig Doremus and uh, everyone over there for uh, the New Jersey Titans. So, I mean, they had a good core group of guys. Same thing with Anchorage. Uh, head coach Mike Aikens had his crew. He had his guys, and he knew what he wanted to do. don't know if you guys caught a couple of the interviews. I don't know if you did as well from the league, but one of the things that Mike mentioned was the locker room mentality and the personality of this group and why he did not want to break up this team, and it showed. I mean, they were a very solid team. They were a very strong core group, um, and the locker room presence for them was the main reason why they made it so far. They're they're a great team, and they I know that again. Brian Erickson, the uh, the head coach of the Northeast Generals, talks extremely highly of the New Jersey Titans coaching staff. Uh, I'm I'm guessing the evening they won the championship, he probably wasn't as thrilled because he had Titans surrounding him in the hotel room. I'm 100% confident he probably didn't sleep that night, and nor did any of the Titans staff or players. But when you win the championship, that's all good. Uh, you know, you should be celebrating that. that I just, uh, I feel for Brian. He probably didn't get a lot of sleep that night. He was down there scouting out the, uh, the yeah, prospect right? Yep. Yeah. So there's a handful of coaches there um, from all over from the league, as well as a couple of other ones. Uh, a couple of NHL scouts were in attendance too. So, I mean, you get those, you get a good amount of guys who show up to the event. I mean, Blaine's a, a great spot. Fogarty Ice Arena is a great host. So they weren't just using Fogarty. They were also using the National Sports Center Super Rink. Uh, it's, eight sheets of ice over there themselves, two sheets wow. over at Fogarty. So, I mean, there's a lot in, um, over in St. Louis Park they were using as well because there's so much going on. There was the Prospects Tournament going on as well as the Spring Tournament for the U18 teams that were going on. So, I mean, there was a lot of hockey in the area, and Blaine is just a phenomenal place, a phenomenal host for the North American Hockey League, the North American Premier Hockey League, or Prospects Hockey League, my apologies, and of course the North American Three Hockey League. So it's a great place to go, and it's a nice place for people to come just watch games. And it showed there was a good amount of crowd um, in interactment, a lot of fans there in attendance, standing room only in some spots. And oh, yeah. uh, I was surprised on exactly how many New Mexico Ice Wolves fans that were there and how loud they were. They came out in droves, man. You saw their jerseys all over that arena. 
Yeah, you couldn't miss them, especially with the, <laughs> the, the baby blues that they have. It's yeah. a beautiful sweater. I finally got to see it in person, and I, I really like it. Um, it's a nice look for a dark your quote-unquote dark jersey they could honestly use that as a home one if they really wanted to as well but i like that look it's fitting for the the southwest of the united states uh, especially for uh, the the albuquerque area the new mexico area especially with the the heavy uh, the presence that they use down there with the the, the colors and the teals uh, and of course the indigenous background and like just lifestyle that's around there and it's nice to see that they embrace that and are showing it to the community in love with that jersey would love to get my hands on one um and i understand what you talk about uh after getting to watch so many wolverines games over the last month plus um because i really didn't get to watch them any really at all during the regular season i will say in love with their logo but i 100 percent agree with you now in terms of in my opinion i know that they Apparently, the league had to make a change or something to the jersey early on in the season, so it could be a little bit more clear. I think they could do a little bit more. Uh, I like, really do like the the color scheme they got going on there. It's slightly Edmonton Oilers-esque in terms, but in a way where it's still hard to see. I think if they could outline the letters a bit and then the numbers a bit, it would be a lot clearer to see on because I watch everything on hockey TV and, and then on my TV, it'd be a lot easier to see who had the puck if the numbers were a little bit more prominent and the logo on the front was a little bit more prominent. I think they keep what they got. They just need to kind of emphasize the outline of the jersey and the numbers. And I think that jersey would be just next level. I think I, I love it, though. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a couple of good, good ones on display, especially for those who haven't seen a lot of them. I mean, New Jersey's got some pretty clean jerseys themselves. Their shoulder logo is a uh, a spinoff of the old Tampa Bay or the old uh, Toronto Maple Leafs logo, the TLM logo that Toronto used a couple years back, almost 10 years ago yeah. on their shoulders. The New Jersey Titans have one exactly similar. It's NJT and it looks very clean. So, I mean, it's nice to see those, especially for those who aren't used to seeing the other jerseys, the other teams. That's why the showcase is always fun to go to as well, especially up here in the area. Uh, the showcase is, is nuts if you've never been up there. Uh, if you're from the no. area or someone around, uh, make the trip up to Blaine next season in, in September for uh, the NAHL showcase. Um, it's so much fun. You get to see all the teams in action. Um, and it, it's cool seeing all the teams that you haven't seen before in the South. So, I mean, you get to see uh, the, the El Paso Rhinos, the New Mexico Ice Wolves, uh, the Maine Nordiques. Uh, the Fairbanks and Kenai teams over in Alaska. So, I mean, you get those cool teams that you've never seen, uh, but it's fun to just experience that. And hopefully I can make uh, some of these tournaments in the future. Being here in Europe now, I should probably get a little bit more ahead of the power curve, I guess, or a little bit more ahead of the curve on what tournaments are happening over here, especially being in Scandinavia. I mean, there's so much happening over in Finland and Sweden that I'm just not paying attention to that... I need to get ahead of the power curve and see what's happening over here. But getting to these tournaments, especially the ones that the, that Blaine's holding there for the NHL, that's the stuff to go to if, if you're over there in North America. Or if you're a European that wants to fly to North America to experience that, go for it. It looks like a blast. It looks like a lot of fun. I did watch the interviews. I love how they – really how the, all the presentation was done. Uh, again, another thing uh, Coach Erickson mentioned was just – production level ice of the NHL's uh, shot at these things and, and their coverage of the games and, and how the interviews go and how they treat the players and such. And 
yeah, it's, it's just incredible coverage that the NHL provides and really puts a highlight on the Robertson Cup. Yeah, and it's, it gives the the play, not just the the fans, but the players that uh, VIP treatment. They get they get to experience all that fun stuff, um, being behind the scenes and seeing how it works. It's always fun too because the players enjoy it um, sometimes more than they show. So I mean, it's a fun way to, to <laughs> allow the fans to to get to know the players a little bit more and get a little bit more in detail depth from coaches, uh, players, staff members from the league, and anyone else who's involved. Yeah, it, it was a great production to watch. Uh, really had a lot of fun watching all the playoffs. And then the Robertson Cup with all the interviews and everything was just excellent. And congratulations to the New Jersey Titans. Let's move into the NHL here. Listeners, we know you've seen game one. We haven't. We're recording this on the 31st of May, which is the Tuesday before both game ones. We're still going to talk about what we've seen so far and uh, maybe make some predictions. But man what a playoff run right now i guess these teams are having in the nhl we'll start right over there in the west we have the colorado avalanche facing off against the edmonton oilers i didn't think colorado always runs into goalie injuries no no exception here but here they are they've moved on to the third round edmonton and my bracket challenge i picked against them in the second round i figured the Battle of Alberta would happen, but Calgary would come out on top. And then after the first round, I just kind of thought Edmonton was going to edge out Calgary. They have really not surprised now by the way this series is going. But, man, generational talents you got facing off here. Connor McDavid, who's just gone to the next level I can't even understand. And then another generational talent, Kale McCarr. These two generational talents, one trying to shut down the other. Man, what what have you thought so far and what do you think is going to happen? Colorado in five. That's when that's my bet. That's my, uh, my prediction. Okay. Edmonton's going to get one. They're going to win it back in Edmonton, but Colorado will win it in five in advance to the Stanley cup final for the first time in forever. Okay. <laughs> Nathan McKinnon has been lights out for, oh, unreal, uh, yeah. for Colorado. Uh, he's doing everything he needs to do. Kale McCarr is just a generational talent. Um, an absolute joy to watch um, yeah. as a defenseman he's he's physical he knows his role but he's also a goal scorer too when need be so i mean he's one of those guys on the blue line that is a dual threat no matter what time of the day he's on the ice or where he's at uh, darcy kemper has been a very big surprise for uh colorado uh for especially on the end for minnesota wild fans as they know him very, very well and not the most <laughs> yeah. fondest of memories. But Darcy Kemper's yeah. done himself well. Uh, Mike Smith, on the other hand, for Edmonton, uh, he's he's been up and down in the last few that's, years. And that's he's, him, that's he's been his in. whole career. That's been his <laughs> whole it? career, but he's yeah. settled in and he's doing very well with Edmonton. Um, so, I mean, ultimately, it's going to be a close series. But like I said, it's going to be a five-game series. Colorado's going to edge it out, win the Western Conference. Um, and find themselves into the Stanley Cup final. I'll have to disagree here. I think it's going to be a seven-game series, and Edmonton's going to take it. Colorado's good, and I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm giving Colorado the pigeonhole hockey uh, the victor here, but um, I'm picking against them. I picked against them in the first round. Uh, I didn't pick against them in the second round. I was pretty confident they are going to advance, and they did. I figured St. Louis wasn't going to go down without a fight, and, and it was some entertaining games. I just think Edmonton... There's something about that team this year. I think they're heading into the Stanley Cup Finals. It's going to be may, maybe like your, your prediction with the NHL's um, 
final series there between the Norsemen and Anchorage where it was really hard for you to make a call there so you wouldn't. I'm still going to call Edmonton out here, but I, I would still wouldn't be surprised if Colorado takes this. I just don't think it's going to be a quick series. And Mike Smith guaranteed is going to have at least two bad games because that's how Mike Smith plays. But he's also going to have just a couple stone cold killer games where you can't get a thing past him. And that said, I just think Edmonton's got that little bit of umph right now. I think they're going to take it on to the Stanley Cup Finals. And it's going to be an exciting series, though. This is going to be such a good series. I don't think we're going to have seen a series like this one in a while with this much, truthfully, just this much insane talent on the ice. Your excitement for the Western Conference is my excitement for the Eastern Conference, as you have (laughs) arguably the two best goalies in the league. Andre Vasilevsky and Igor Sisirkin meeting um, in the Eastern Conference final. Um, Tampa Bay looking to become a four-peat and make themselves back-to-back-to-back when it comes to the Stanley Cup title. Uh, Pat Maroon's looking for the four-piece. And, of course, New York's trying to get over that hump and get back into the Stanley Cup final for the first time since the series with the uh, Los Angeles Kings. So this series themselves... I uh, this one's going to be a tough one. This one's going to go seven, in my honest opinion. But I have a feeling New York is going to edge out Tampa Bay and dethrone the defending Stanley Cup champion. A hundred percent with you here. Seven games. Ah, Shoot, I can honestly even see New York could go six. It's not going to be five. But I think this will be six to seven games, but I'd lean more towards seven. Tampa Bay are the back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. They are not going down without a fight, but I think they're going down. I picked the Rangers to win the Stanley Cup in my bracket challenge. Um, unfortunately, the rest of the bracket challenge looks awful. <laughs> but, but I did pick New York to win, so at least that looks good. But the rest of it looks terrible. New York is, what, two seven-game series so far against really just incredible teams and they've taken them out, and I just think they're going to do that. I'm with you. I think they're going to do that. Tampa, uh, Shesterkin's playing out of his mind. Has a couple questionable moments. He gave me a heart attack in the Carolina series once or twice, especially in Game 7. But, yeah, I think this is New York series to take or lose against the defending Stanley Cup champions. And I'm looking at a uh, you know New York-Edmonton Stanley Cup and... That would be that would be incredible. But you're looking at the Colorado New York series. If that's how it unfolds, and you got Colorado New York, what do you think is going to happen in that series? Uh, six game series, but I ultimately think uh, Colorado will edge it out for that one. If that's the case, um, just with everything going on, Colorado has been t- uh, been hot. They've been uh, hungry for the Stanley Cup title for for many years now, and they've done everything right to build a uh, build a good team. They've drafted the right pieces. They made trades where needed. Uh, they've done everything they needed to do. So, I mean, if this, everything goes the way it is, I think Colorado wins it in six in the final. I'm going to stick with the East Coast here. I think New York would edge out Edmonton. Six games, more likely, uh, may make it to seven. I just think this is where Edmonton runs out a little bit of magic, and New York just takes it to that next level. I'm sure Sturkin, if he keeps playing out of his mind and he stays healthy, uh, it's not like they have a bad backup either. So, um, but if he plays out of his mind and, and stays healthy, uh, I think this is New York's series to win on, on really the, the incredible play of Shesterkin. And really not even just Shesterkin. I mean, New York has had some 
uh, I don't like Kreider. I'm just going to caveat that. But he's been playing unbelievable this year. I'd hate to see him raise the Stanley Cup. But I really like everyone else on the team. So Doing good. Mika Zibanejad has been good. Um, Adam Fox has been a phenomenal oh, yeah. defenseman. 8.6 assists. That's two goals there for Fox. And on the other end, Nikita Kucherov uh, leading in assists and points. Corey Perry, uh, one of my fa- uh, all-time favorite players. Um, le- yeah. uh, player to watch there for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Three goals for the Worm, as they like to call him. But Perry is doing well. I uh, yeah, love to see him win another cup, uh, especially with me being an Anaheim Ducks fan, seeing him win it in 2007. Um, I would love to see him win one more, but it would be nice to see a different team end up ultimately winning the Stanley Cup. Like I said, I think the Rangers will win, but I've been rooting for Edmonton since round two. It's been so long. I haven't really seen the Edmonton Oilers have success in the Stanley Cup finals in my hockey lifetime, and I'd love to see that. Uh, I'd love to see the the cup return to Canada. I just think it would, it would be nice since it hasn't happened since 1993, I think, with Montreal. It's the last time, and I remember watching that one. It's been a long time, and I think it, it's time the cup finally returns to Canada so that I don't have to hear about it anymore. It would be awesome to see Mike Smith raise a cup. What is he, like 42 years old? It would be awesome to see Mike Smith raise a cup i could see him retiring immediately upon raising raising the cup i think edmonton's got a fun roster i think it'd be great to see a lot of boys raise a cup and a cup to return to canada but i think new york's gonna take it Um, but we'll see we'll see i mean okay so you've made your prediction on who you think's gonna win do you also actually want colorado to take it or is there a team you'd rather see raise it out of the four it would be nice to see colorado win it okay that's uh, for ultimately, I prefer not to see Edmonton win because I personally do not like McDavid. I'm, I'm kind of over the hype of the, okay. the guy and how much he's just thrown into the uh, the NHL face. So it would be nice to see someone besides McDavid win it. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, I, I like I said, I'd like to see Edmonton raise it. But I think this is a great place to wrap up this episode. And so... We do want to thank all of you listeners for tuning in. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at PHH Official to let us know what you think. And also be sure to comment and share any upcoming games or hockey news we should cover in a future podcast. This was the Pigeon Hockey Podcast with Chris and today's special guest, the play-by-play announcer for the Austin Bruins of the NHL, Jared Becker. Thanks for having me on. Look forward to talking with you again soon. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for again jumping on today. And remember, listeners, always clear your crease.